0: Is everybody awake? I know we all lost an hour of sleep, but thank goodness we had that extremely long gospel lesson to wake us up this morning. I hope hope you are paying attention, however, because there's a story I would like to tell based on the gospel story. It's not actually a true one, but it certainly could be true in some contexts. Once there was a little girl who was born in Samaria. She was the youngest of seven children and she rarely ever saw her parents. She was mostly raised by her older siblings. She spent her childhood doing chores around the house that her parents needed to be done because, of course, girls didn't go to school. Her family, which lived in poverty, didn't exactly know what to do with her, so when she turned she was forced into marriage to the son of the neighboring family He was 13 years old and in exchange for the daughter The family was given two cows as a dowry This was enough to feed the rest of the family Sadly because they were children it was an unhappy marriage and after a year or so when the girl was 13 the boy ran away to the city to look for a new job. Later, she married his brother, because being a woman or a girl who didn't have a husband meant that she had almost no status in her village. There was no way for her to go back to her family and she had to find a way to live. The brother of her former husband was a nice man, slightly older. He had a trade job and treated her well. But sadly, one day after they had been together for a few years, he died of an accident at work. Of course, there was no such thing as social insurance or Medicaid, and so here she was, left once again. She found another husband in her village, someone who would take her in. But now having had two husbands before, It seemed as if most men in the village weren't interested in her. The man who became her husband was violent. He would get drunk at night and beat her. She lived a life of terror. And one day, in desperation, in the middle of the night, she ran away from her home. She found a new home in a village called Sychar, also in Samaria and when she arrived, she thought that she'd be able to start a new life for her. She found another man in that village who then became her husband. But sadly, he succumbed to disease after a few years of their marriage and she was left alone once again. At this point in her life, she didn't know what to do. She found another husband shortly after that But about three months ago, he left to go on what he said was a work trip, and she hasn't heard from him since. This woman, one morning, decided to go to the well in town. She took her water jug, and she met a foreigner there who was Jewish. He spoke to her, and at first, of course, she was wondering what his intentions were. But it became very clear shortly into their conversation that he was interested in actually seeing her, actually knowing her. She felt for the first time in her life as if she was having a conversation with a man who was speaking to her, not down, but as an equal. It was a strange feeling that she had never experienced before in her life. At one point in their conversation, she lied about not having a husband. Although even though she might have been lying in the legal sense, deep down, she was actually telling him the truth. I have no husband. Actually, I haven't seen him for three months. It wasn't my choice. He's the one who left. In an amazing moment, Jesus affirms what she says. He actually knows about her past. He is acknowledging the difficulty and the tremendous challenges that she has had to overcome in order simply to get to that point in her life where she could take her water jug down to the well on a normal day and have a conversation with a nice stranger. She is completely blown away by this encounter. It's a life-changing experience for her to be treated with dignity and something that might even resemble love. For this woman, this encounter is salvation. The kindness and the generosity, her ability to be authentic and to have her story understood is transformative for her. And in that moment, She has seen God. Lent is a time for us to talk about hard things, even on a beautiful March morning when we're all suffering from one hour less of sleep than we normally would. But for me it's impossible to read this story in the Gospel of John and think about it in any other way than the experience of the woman at the well. For her, salvation came in the form of this encounter with this man whom she herself called the Messiah, a man who was of a different culture than hers, a man who was even of a different religion than hers. And of course, as you can imagine, in this time and this place, men and women did not socialize together in the way that Jesus and the Samaritan woman are. This is an extraordinary story. And the problem with it, however, that's one for us to contemplate today, is that even though it was something that happened in a faraway time and place, sadly, the experience of the Samaritan woman isn't really all that different than that experienced by women in the 21st century. I said we talk about some hard things, gender-based violence and gender inequality really is a very difficult thing to talk about. Perhaps that's why we do it so seldom. Worldwide, 35% of women will experience physical or sexual violence at some point in their lives. In the United States alone, one in seven women will experience violence at the hands of an intimate partner. The World Bank estimates that in some countries, their economies are costing up to 3.7% of their entire GDP as a result of gender-based violence. That's roughly double what most governments spend on education for all of their citizens. And here's one truly chilling fact. 38% of all women who are murdered are killed by an intimate partner. Let's let that sink in for just a second. The world that the Samaritan woman, woman was living in was a tricky and treacherous one, full of violence and potential death. sadly it's not all that different from the world in which we live today. But the fact of the matter is that there is hope. That's why we have this story in the Gospel of John. Salvation for the Samaritan woman came in the form of dignity. That's no small word. In the Book of Common Prayer, and the baptismal covenant, we promise as one of five things that are fundamental to our Christian faith, that we will respect the dignity of every human being and seek out the face of Christ in every single person that we meet. This is so important because when we seek out Christ's face in others, Christ is seeing into our very own faces. The same way that he did with that Samaritan woman. When we pledge to respect the dignity of every human being, that includes people of all genders, no matter what our gender may be. It's a vision for a completely different way of people of different genders to relate to one another. Of course, sadly, The church has not always been at the forefront of gender equality. We all know that in many cases, the church over the centuries has been used as a tool of oppression for women, but it also has held within it these seeds of hope and possibility. Stories like the story of the Samaritan woman. Ones that if you look at them with just a slightly different interpretation, you can see this deep truth lying within it, just waiting to blossom and flourish. Sadly, centuries of male preachers and interpreters have continued to abuse the Samaritan woman even after the Bible was written. There are interpretations of this story that paint her As the perpetrator her as the one who has done the wrong thing but I believe in the story that I told you at the very beginning of this sermon I believe that the reason that this encounter is so powerful for her and for Jesus as well is because they encountered something in each other that was deeply spiritual and beautiful they saw each other And that's exactly what we do for one another right here in church. I've become more aware of issues of gender-based violence both in this country and abroad because of my relationship with Episcopal Relief and Development, which I actually spoke about two weeks ago on Episcopal Relief and Development Sunday. And by the way, when you talk about Episcopal Relief and Development, you're supposed to say Episcopal Relief and Development, with all those syllables and not just some kind of abbreviation. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, but it's worth it. One of Episcopal Relief and Development's core programs is gender equality and gender-based violence prevention. We have a program in Liberia that has truly transformed lives. We've worked together with a group called Islamic Relief USA to create curriculums for pastors and imams to address issues of gender-based violence in their own communities. And guess what we've discovered? There is one person in a given community who has more power than anyone else to change people's attitudes and behaviors about gender-based violence. And that person is the spiritual leader, the pastor, the priest, the preacher, Or the Imam. Of course in West Africa that person generally tends to be a man, but because of the authority placed in him the men in the community listen to him and they change their minds as well. He also has the power to lift up women and empower them to recognize their experience and to shine a light on what life is like for them. As a result of this program, gender-based violence rates in the areas where the program is working have declined by more than half. It's a true transformation that has set communities free of this scourge. It serves not only women, but also men whose attitudes have changed and are able to relate to other people and their families and their communities in a new and dignified way. Of course, it's very easy to point to a country that's an ocean away and talk about their problems but as I mentioned gender-based violence is a big problem in our society too and so it's important for us as a church to speak out to talk about this issue as difficult as it may be to address it and to create space to create space for the experience of all people who suffer because of gender-based violence. But in this Lenten season, I want to leave you with this thought about this topic. It's important to talk about not just because of the experience of women, and not even just because of the experience of men as they are related to gender-based violence. It's important to talk about it because it's an issue of that word I used earlier, dignity. In this Lenten season? Will you respect the dignity of every human being? Will you uphold dignity in those places where it is absent? Will you dedicate your life to making this a more dignified society? And will you do it all for the greater glory of God? so that the face of Christ might be seen in every human being. Amen.